At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of WrestleNomics Radio. I'm Brandon Thurston, broadcasting on demand from Buffalo, New York, where today is Sunday, June 6th, 2021. And today on the program, we have business news. From All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing pay-per-view, how many pay-per-view buys it sold, ticket sales, and merchandise sales, an estimate of those today. Then, in the world of TV viewership, in this post-Showbuzz Daily world, we have hope. A new source of TV viewership is out there. Plus, some thoughts on the trends of TV viewership so far in 2021 as May comes to an end. Then, as May comes to an end, we also have information about the Google Trends data, the top most searched for names and companies in the wrestling world. And then, following up on the mad speculation that WWE might be preparing for a sale, I don't think it is, but more non-news on that subject. Plus, independent wrestling superpowers, IWTV and Game Changer Wrestling are set to go at it as IWTV has filed a lawsuit against GCW. All that and more in the hour, but first... And now, joining us from, to my slightly southeast, in the region of South Buffalo, ring announcer, comedian, Dogecoin investor, Chris Gull. That Blackberry investor, too. You should have sold it at $19. You're investing in Blackberry? Yeah, it was a, like a meme stock short sale. Yeah. I bought it at 10 and it got up to 19 on Friday. The Canadian company. But I did not cash it in. Blackberry. Yes. Which is really a company that's fallen off over the years, is it not? It 100% has, but it's <laughs> like it's like GameStop and AMC. It, the internet gets beyond it. Does, does Paul Heyman still have a BlackBerry? BlackBerry, uh, he was a big fan of the BlackBerry, Paul Heyman was. <laughs> the little pen thing, too, the head of the head. Of the- mm-hmm. He would carry two phones, one for texting and one, one, one that was a BlackBerry for texting and then another one because nobody uses BlackBerry anymore or something. I well, you got to avoid debt collectors, so that's why you have that two phones. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, very, very true. Very true. So we've both woken up from naps today. Yes, refreshed. Refreshed. We've taken our power nap. Vince McMahon, big fan of the power nap. Mine was not very powerful, though. It was more of a, more of an hour-long nap, not a 15-minute power mm-hmm. nap. So we've got things to talk about today. Uh, but uh, I'm not the driver of this program. Chris Gullick, you are. Yeah, and uh, why don't we get this start going with uh, AW Double or Nothing uh, pay-per-view by notes. Yes. Now, WrestleNomics.com Patreon is the one that actually broke this news first. So, folks, look what you get for $5 a month at yeah. the WrestleNomics Patreon. Yes. 
because we had it got about an hour early. Oh, sorry. Continue. No, we're good. The latency. <laughs> we're using a, we're using Squadcast instead of Zencaster here. The latency is wonderful here. <laughs> well, all the wrestling's double or nothing pay per view on May 30th likely came just short of the company's highest gross revenue from a single event. The show drew about $6 million total for AEW and its pay-per-view distributors and sold 115,000 buys on all platforms globally by our estimate. We are also raising our estimate of the Revolution event from 125,000 buys to 135,000 buys. The Observer's recent estimate was that Revolution sold 158,000 buys, which is 10 to 20% higher, we were told. Yes. I can attest to all that. I'm a little surprised it did it almost as good as Revolution. Holiday weekend, pay-per-view follow-up after the Exploder Ring. Yes. I I was very down on the prospects of this pay-per-view because of the Exploding Ring fiasco. But no, I I overestimated the effect of that. This did pretty well, considering. Um, And considering, I I think the card was not terribly strong. You had a stadium stampede match that was headlining after you'd already done blood and guts, which, which was a heavier match. I mean, not just in delivery, but I think in terms of hype, uh, and this is a rematch of a different kind of a, of a match that had more of a, you'd expect to have more of a comedic element, despite their, their pitch that it wasn't going to be comedic, um, more cinema, cinematic. Yeah. A three-way title match. Some, Maybe I'm projecting my own taste in, in terms of the anticipation for this car, but it did, did pretty well. Their second biggest, as you mentioned, I think, your, their second biggest yeah. pay-per-view sale ever. Uh, we talk about pay-per-view buys, not buy rates. Buy rates are a thing of the past because we because the pay-per-view universe is now saturated. Uh, you still have to put buy rate, though, in the SEO because that's what people are still searching for, of course. Um so I did a calculation of the gross that this event generated. So all of the revenue that this event generated. So we're talking about three different areas of revenue. So pay-per-view, which is by far the biggest because you've got hundreds of thousands of customers participating in that. And then you've got the, the ticket sales and the merchandise sales at the venue. So this was, I think, the second event from AEW that was held at full capacity. The first one was the night before, the TV taping. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the second one, and this this had a, a approximately five thousand seat capacity. I believe they did just over five thousand uh, total paid attendance, according to the Observer, was four thousand seven hundred. Uh, Observer also reporting that the gate was three hundred thousand. So that's something like I think more than three times what what the uh, Revolution show did with its limited capacity, right? Uh, 1,150 was the paid attendance for that. I think that's also according to the Observer, and that that comes out to $75,000. So it ends up with a gross that's pretty pretty close to one another. I've got something around $6.1 million for this show, $6.8 million for the other show, and the net, uh, because the pay-per-view carriers take such a, a majority roughly 55% of the pay-per-view sales, the net comes out to be almost the same. I would, we're getting in, into, into precision where I, I feel less confident about what the actual difference is, but about $3 million for each of those shows in terms of the money that actually ends up in, uh, in AEW's bank account. So pretty similar in terms of the, uh, the money that AEW got because AEW 
probably gets uh, a far larger portion of the ticket sales. Maybe there's some some Ticketmaster service fees and things like that that they have to share that money with. But uh, yeah, AEW making a similar amount of money in all likelihood for this event versus the Revolution event. They also had a fan fest the day before. So it's Friday was the live dynamite. Saturday was the fan fest. Sunday and Sunday was the pay per view. So fan fest money. I'm not sure. Obviously those numbers, but that I'm sure does help to make it put it over revolution. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And who knows what they drew there? Meet and greets and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that sounds like something that they're going to do going forward. Right. Um, With Sunday pay-per-views, that makes sense. And they're going to continue to do Sunday pay-per-views? Well, I I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the next one's on a Saturday, though. Maybe it's on a Sunday. Yeah, there's something about what the relation to holidays. Anyway, this is not on on our prepared run sheet here. Um, But I know Tony Khan did say that the quarterly specials that they're going to have on TNT, even after the move to CBS, the quarterly specials are going to be on Saturday. He told Busted Open this week. So... There's that. All right, so we're going to move on to a little viewership. And we talked about WrestleNomics, you know, breaking the news on the pay-per-view buys. Well, in a world where no one knows where to find all these ratings. In a world without Showbuzz Daily. (laughs) Exactly. WrestleNomics has put it all together uh, on the Patreon for the spreadsheet. And with but guess what? Fan, but guess what I found, which has apparently existed for a while, and nobody told me. That's what you had. This is what I was going to lead into. There is a website with a URL, spoilertv.com. And this is very similar to Showbiz Daily. In fact, it's much more active than Showbiz Daily. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff going on here. I just, I just found it yesterday. And I haven't had enough time to really look through it all, but they're they're doing a top 150 of the, in cable. The different and they and they are sorting it by P18 to 49. The difference is, Showbiz Daily would do cable originals. This is including everything, not just originals. So we're seeing the performance of uh, Big Bang Theory on TBS, which does really well in 18 to 49. Apparently, uh, Friends reruns on a network that's listed as NAN that I, I'm just, I, I don't know, is that syndication? I don't know what that is in any event. They're reporting rates not very quickly. It, it looks like it looks like there's a substantial delay in when they actually publish the ratings, but that's uh, where I think a lot of people are, are getting some of these ratings from. So they're probably clued in. Somehow they were clued into this a few days before I was. Uh, but we, uh, so top 100, not top 150 though. So that, that cuts off our access to, to Impact and to Dark Side of the Ring, which finished somewhere in the, in the 120s, 140s area most of the time. So we still don't have ratings for those unless I start to bug people about ratings, which I'm trying to not do. <laughs> All right, well, let's break it down. We're going to start with uh, May, May 28th's SmackDown. That did a little over 1.9 million overall viewers with a 0.50 in 18 to 49. Pretty much the same exact numbers it had for May 21st. Yes. And we got the overnight for this past Friday. It looks similar. Uh, I always say that the – I always think that the the overnight number for SmackDown 
is just less it's less precise so we we were seeing something like 1.87 million viewers that might end up being slightly up from the week that we're talking about right now uh demo rating 0.5 so similar but anyway so maybe it was a little bit due to double or nothing but um the mick foley biography on sunday may 30th only did 518,000 overall with a 0.20 in 1849. That is down from 767,000 for the Shawn Michaels that had a 0.29 in 1849. Mm-hmm. Really effective. So, by, uh, I wonder what the ratings were for Wu, though. You know, maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, you did have, well, I mean, you got 100 and, what did I say? 115,000 buys. That's worldwide. Um, if, if you figure about 70% of that was U.S., which is the, the general assumption of, of the, the U.S. to international breakdown, 70-30. So what have I got here? Roughly 95,000 domestic Plus pay-per-view, weekend, pay-per-view yeah. buys, and that would be households, not just viewers. So there's a couple hundred thousand maybe at most. I don't know. Maybe it's something to do with the Mick Foley story. It's just a good story. Yeah, he took some bad bumps and all that, but he's a great guy. He's have a great family like there's no dark period <laughs> other than the bumps and this michael's but this think again this, this michael's pay-per-view was going head-to-head with um pay-per-view. this this michael's biography was going head-to-head with uh wrestlemania backlash right <laughs> yeah so i think holiday weekend may have something to do with it too who knows um but you know the old saying you're always gonna be running against something else yes um, Most Wanted Treasures, which was the follow-up for the McFoley biography on uh, Sunday, did 455,000, so almost what biography did, with a point eighteen and 18-49. The week before, we don't have 18-49, but we have 497 overall, so just a small drop. And that was the Jake the Snake episode. Mm-hmm. And he, it, it's very interesting week because... This is a Jake the Snake week, is it not? Yeah, well... <laughs> Odd most wanted treasures. He pretty much blamed Honky Tonk Man giving him a hard guitar shot on his drug addiction. When on Thursday, I'm pretty sure we saw what causes drug addiction. <laughs> Growing up being a child of Grizzly Smith. I don't think Honky Tonk Man's headshot had anything to do with it. Yeah, I, I'm fine with blaming Honky Tonk Man for more things. <laughs> yes. Um... And uh, Monday Night Raw, on uh, Memorial Day itself, a uh, little over 1.5 million, 0.44 in the 18-49. Definitely a drop from a few weeks back from May 10th. So we're seeing that May slide at 1.8 overall on uh, May 10th and a 0.53 in 18-49. So you, you said it, that May slide is continuing for Raw. Yeah, May is the time after WrestleMania, but also it's going against NBA playoffs is everyone, everyone's latest excuse. Um, yeah, we're hitting we're, we're, we're now in the territory of like these these are the five uh, the, the, the bottom five all time episodes in terms of viewership for Raw. Um, we're go ahead and. and um talk about nxt and i've I've just got some thoughts about the wider the wider scope the monthly stuff and what we have to talk about dynamite too go ahead yeah so for nxt uh 668,000 overall in the june 1st episode we do not have an 
Tina 49 demo yet. Uh, but that was from the week before, 700,000 overall, and only a point thirteen in 18 to 49. Mm-hmm. And then do you want me to get into Dynamite? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, all right. In Dynamite, uh, Friday Night Dynamite, 10 o'clock, live, 526,000 overall with a point two zero in the 18 to 49. And if you compare that to the Wednesday episode for May 19th, so pretty much our last Wednesday episode, 820,000 overall with a point two eight in 18 to 49. So a little slide for having that time slot. Huge slide. Yeah, huge slide. Yeah. Sliding for having that time. Down 36% in total audience, down 29% in, in the only thing that matters to them, the key demo. Um, so I think this, um, yeah, we can talk about this now. Then there, this gives you an idea, I think, of what's possible for Rampage when it's on Friday night. Um, so we know that you know the Observer, the Observer, which gets their quarter hours, uh, they did. So let's Dynamite is a uh, is an hour one is a one hour. Excuse me, Rampage is going to be a one hour program. It averaged for the first hour, which was higher, two hundred ninety one thousand viewers in the key demo 587 viewers in, in total audience anyway it dropped about 20 percent for the second hour uh so i think maybe half a million viewers is, is what rampage could do uh on a friday night at 10 o'clock that's really good it probably is um the lead in from smackdown so i i, I know dave thinks um this week this past friday we're talking about two two fridays ago friday uh, Dave thinks that he, that uh, the number is up for for the most recent episode. We'll get a we'll get a real number, a final number uh, this coming week early, probably. Uh, hopefully, TVSpoiler.com will have it. Hopefully, Monday uh, Monday afternoon, maybe is the earliest I can see that that coming out. Um, I think an interesting thing to think about is when Rampage starts. Is it not going to take take a bite out of Dynamite? Is it not going to cannibalize? the amount of time that people are willing to spend watching Dynamite. If Dynamite is um, you know, averaging, let's see, in May they average, uh, well, let's take the median, the typical uh, Dynamite. In, in May they, they did 879,000 viewers, <clears throat> so just under 900,000, uh, about 207. I'm looking at NXT there. Oh, okay. But about 380,000 viewers in 18 to 49. I would think if you're asking people to watch an additional hour of your brand's programming, there may be, and I don't know, of course, there's going to be hardcores on the far side of the bell curve who are fine with it and they just consume all three hours. I would think there's maybe there's more of a willingness, and I'm just thinking psychologically here, there's more of a willingness to say, all right, I've got my fill of, of AEW because I've watched Rampage or vice versa, and now I'm, you know, I don't feel the urgency as much to watch one program or the other it's a bit it's sort of sort of spreading you're spreading yourself out a little bit thinner i think so i think there's a possibility that it, it will have an effect on dynamite's viewership to your point with that one of probably the great things about AEW could be its fault where there's something for everybody right so if you like a certain style of wrestling or a certain type of wrestler you know it's on dynamite it might be as some other stuff you don't like like for example if you're a fan of ftr style but maybe you don't really like the Young Bucks or Matt Seidel or stuff like that. Now, if you know, oh, Friday night on Rampage, 
oh, FTR, or I like Christian Cage, they're on that, but they're not on Dynamite this week. No, I'll just I'll just watch Rampage or vice versa. That might have a little bit of what carves out. Mm-hmm. So looking at the monthly patterns here. SmackDown has been on the decline pretty consistently from from the, the beginning of the new year. Uh, at least in 18 to 49, the trend is not as strong in total audience, but there is a downward trend for SmackDown too. Uh, in total audience for Raw, it is remarkably flat for for the first five months of this year. A uh, little bit, little bit of a declining trend in 1849, especially this month May, where they're down substantially. Uh, NXT is up slightly. They're doing just above where they were in in the Wednesday Night War era. So they're at, they their median viewership for May was 699, 699, and uh, that's just above where they were in, in the in in January through March, where they're doing 650, 662, 678. So moving to Tuesday has not really helped them. Uh, I'm sure there's excuses that you can point to, and this is only the first month. But I I gotta think they're disappointed with how that's going. Uh, Dynamite. I'd imagine mm-hmm. they thought they were gonna do 800 plus overall, with maybe 0.20 plus in the 18 to 49. Yeah. Now eighteen forty nine for uh for dynamite is actually similar. April they did really well with the median viewership in eighteen forty nine four hundred and fifty seven, but uh, they're doing they did three eighty for May, which is right on par with where they were uh for for January February March. So you know three eighty four in January four hundred four in February three eighty four in March and then three eighty. For this May, and that's a median. Uh, that that's not uh, that shouldn't be affected by this May twenty eighth Friday dynamite because we're using a median here, not an average. So maybe it's just the NBA playoffs. When do the NBA? Play- where are where are we at with the NBA playoffs right now? Well, I don't think we looked at it last time. And it's not ending till like end of June, early July. That's right. Let's see here. Let's see. I used to be a huge basketball fan. Mm-hmm. I don't follow as much anymore. Um, let's see. Here. Looks like we are. I think we are going into the second round now. It looks like because mm-hmm. I got a lot of game ones here, and then there'll be fewer games as we go, but um, more probably more highly viewed games as we go as well. So, all right. Uh, we will uh, moving on to Google Trends. Wait, I got more to say. So, oh. so we've also got uh, new members of the board of directors uh, on the Light Shed podcast. Uh, Brandon Ross, the stock analyst who covers WWE, had some comments. Uh, he was talking with Rich Greenfield about how they're bringing in content people, and they were talking about Steve Coonan and, and Connor Shell. So Steve Coonan formerly worked at Turner. Connor Shell is a 30 for 30 guy of ESPN. And uh, Brandon Ross has, has been, as I guess that you don't hear a ton from these other stock analysts publicly, but it has been one of the stock analysts, one of the few that I've, I've heard from who, who will say things to the effect of, you know, the, a big problem for WWE though is the creative and the, the ratings uh, are affected by, by the creative. And you can bring in uh, all these great people to make great deals 
and you can bring in, you know, great staff and you can bring in members of the board of directors who are going to help you produce great content and, and get you really well positioned. But ultimately it's about the creative and Brennan Ross was saying something to the effect of, you know, you know, raw just hit, uh, it's all time low, or I think it's, it's second lowest rating ever. And, uh, is Vince going to share control or bring someone in to help him or relinquish control? And, uh, no, he's never going to do that. He's never done that. Uh, sure. There's been times where he's been, uh, on trial and he's brought in, uh, did he bring J- uh, Jerry Jarrett for a minute? Right. But, um, uh, Jerry Jarrett was under the impression he was going to take over the company and Vince went to jail, but it's actually <laughs> Vince would have booked that from jail. Vince would have yeah. booked that promotion from jail. You could put Vince McMahon in prison. He will book it from prison. Bruce Pritchard will, will go and talk talk on the phone through the, through, the, through the glass window with Vince McMahon, and he will book it that way if he has to. Send me some ramen noodles and a... P- pudding cup, goddammit. Or pudding cup, I said pudding. <laughs> pudding cup, goddammit. I got a book raw. Yeah. Uh, so I've been doing... That would have been great. <laughs> Good for his family he didn't go to jail. But, like, if, you, if that would have happened and he would have booked the company? Yeah. So I've been doing some math here. I've been learning about slope, which I couldn't even begin to tell you. I think this is something that you, you know, we may have learned about in uh, in statistics. You took like a st- statistics class in college. Um, so I'm multiplying slope by r squared. R squared should tell you how consistent, how predictable the trend is. So is it random or is it consistent and seemingly meaningful or relevant? I'm multiplying the R squared by the slope. So the slope is just sort of the, I guess, like the angle of the trend might be a way to think about about it. If it's if it's a positive number, that means there's a really strong up and to the right trend. If it's, if it's negative, and we'll talk about this a bit too um, when we do Google Trends in a minute. But if, it, if it's um, a negative slope, then it's a really down to the right trend. Um, <clears throat> and what you see is, so I've done, I've taken just the median for each month for each of these programs. And... Uh, you know, in 2020, we were definitely on a trajectory where AEW was either flat or slightly up. Raw and SmackDown were definitely gradually declining. And uh, I think Todd Martin was talking about this uh, with, with Wade earlier this week. If you extrapolate that over a long enough period of time, eventually those lines are going to intersect. Uh, so this, this prompted me to, uh, to bust out the slope and R-squared uh, measurement. So we're still... May might be a weird month because you got Dynamite and June too. I think June, I'm I'm not sure that we're going to have any Wednesday Night Dynamite in June. Uh, so maybe June will be a throwaway month, actually. Uh, we're still going to have Dynamite on a Saturday on June 26th. Really? Yeah. So you can see why it was, it's a, uh, it's a cost to them to move to TBS, but also maybe a, on, on balance, a good thing. So they won't be preempted like this in the future. Um, cause this is really going to just blow up their month and hopefully it won't affect for their sake, won't affect the gathering of, of fans and, uh, won't, won't create so much friction for fans that you, that it causes any long-term effect to their viewership. Um, in any event, I, what we're, what we're seeing even through, uh, through January, February, March, before we get to April, where I think now we're in a different era, uh, where because of the end of the end of the Wednesday Night War, uh, you're gonna, you're going to see you should see 
artificial upticks for Dynamite and for NXT. So I think that kind of has to be separated in the measurement. But I'm, I'm still seeing uh, in monthly medians uh, for January, February, March, even though I, I yeah, everyone felt like, including me, that the the trend had, had slowed down or stopped for AEW uh, getting closer and closer to, to Raw. We're still seeing a slow slide of Raw and SmackDown, which is kind of what, even if even if those were booked well, even if the creative was, was good and they were cultivating stars and they were engaging fans so that they had more more linear eyeballs, you would expect just because it's on linear TV to be going down somewhat. And it is. But we're seeing uh, over January, February, March, again, this is before April, before the Wednesday War ends, you're seeing Dynamite uh, climb a bit. Or at least to stay straight. And you are seeing NXT actually climb through January, February, March. And NXT really gained some ground on, on uh, AW at the end of the Wednesday War. I think a big factor, and you're going to notice, I expect very good draws when AEW goes on the road. And now there's been some rumblings mm-hmm. that NXT is going to start at least house shows. So you're going to see, I think, pretty well-attended events. But yet you're going to continue to see a slide in TV ratings. And you got to remember, this is a whole country that didn't wasn't able to do anything last summer because of COVID. I just think it's the itch of people... Finally, it's the weather's nice in almost all the country, and they want to go out and do things, and they weren't able to do these things last year. And a lot of people have a buildup of money, whether they didn't spend it or they were getting all the extra incentives or whatever. I think, I know it's such a blanket statement, but I think that's a really big factor on most stuff probably sliding on live television. I, I see what you're saying. This is Joe Biden's fault, that he gave Americans <laughs> too much money. And now they don't want to watch wrestling. I, I know what you're saying. People, it's the same. People have money to go yeah. do things. <laughs> yeah. They don't want to. They don't want to relax at night and and watch WWE Raw for three hours. They got money to go out and do things. You know, of course, of course, of course, it's that way. Um, yeah. So I think another point to make: the the WWE investor believes that, oh, well, you know, when they get back on the road, you know, the crowd is so important to pro wrestling. It's so important to the TV that, uh, you know, that's really what they need. And more than any other sport out there, really, and all this is true, more than any other sport out there, I think wrestling was really the one that was affected the most by COVID because they couldn't have a crowd there. You can do NFL games, NBA games, and MLB games without a crowd, and you've still got most of the value there still. But with wrestling, wrestling is really, more than any other, is about how you manipulate the crowd and how the crowd reacts. That's all true. So when WWE gets back on the road, at, oh, their, their ratings are going to get better. Don't worry. Yeah, because they've been doing this for 15 months now with no crowd. But when they get their, their crowd back, you know, if, yeah, the ratings have been down. But they'll get the crowd back, and then the ratings will come back to you. And you'll see that for two weeks, and then it'll go back to where it was. Because the program is what it is, and it doesn't engage fans. It turns them off. So I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, July, we'll see it. And we, we talked about this before. We will... We will definitely measure it. Maybe I'll be wrong. All right. Well, speaking of measuring, Google Trends, where you can actually find the full six-page report that came out on Thursday, if you're a member of the WrestleNomics Patreon. Uh, But yeah, you want to break down the Google Trends for this week. 
So the, the Google Trends reports is a six-page report. Uh, so I've got this broken down by company, by WWE personalities, by AEW personalities, and by New Japan personalities. To go any lower than that, we're getting into people who don't have Google Trends profiles. Uh, but <clears throat> we talk about the companies first. Uh, in a lot of ways, that's interesting. So WWE, of course, is by far the leader. So we're looking at 15 different promotions here, promotions that I'm guessing are the biggest 15 biggest, most searched for promotions in the world. So that is WWE, AEW, New Japan, Impact, Stardom, Dragon Gate, which is all one word, by the way, Ring of Honor, MLW, All Japan Pro Wrestling, AAA, NOAA, NWA, CMLL, Big Japan, DDT, in that order, by the way. Uh, of course, WWE is by far the biggest. WWE is some... Seven times greater in search volume in May than AEW, its next nearest competitor. Of course, WWE is a media company. They are just like Marvel. WWE is, or AEW is just a wrestling company, uh, which I think is preposterous. This is, I'm about to get sidetracked. This idea that uh, WWE, oh, yeah, it's a sports entertainment. They're not a wrestling company. It's like Disney. It's, it's I don't know. It's, it's just it's just semantics, I think. Um what, how would a wrestling company be different than than a, than a media company? They're selling video. They want to monetize their business the best that they can. They if they have a, a multi decade uh, store of legacy intellectual property like WWE does, they want to license all this, all these brands and all these trademarks as much as they can. Whether it's Young Rock, Young Rock or the Page Movie, they want to license all of their IP across consumer products categories. They want to monetize their TV rights to, to the max. How would that be any different if they decided to call themselves a wrestling company? I think it's an aspiration to be accepted in, in, into a, a business world that they don't feel accepted in if they just call themselves wrestling. I mean, UFC calls themselves a mixed martial arts company, and they do all the same things you talked about. Anyway. Anyway. Uh AEW is, is about seven times behind WWE. We have no absolute numbers here. I can't tell you uh, what the absolute numbers of searches are. That's not what Google Trends does. They give you a relative measurement And in Google Trends. If you go to trends.google.com, you can type in uh, up to five different categories, profiles or strings, whatever you want. Uh, but to get more than five, I've written a script that allows me to grab hundreds at a time and measure them all in this on the same scale. Um, so AEW is, is uh, on a worldwide basis, se- uh, a seventh of, of WWE's search volume, but on the U.S., they're about four and a half. Uh, WWE is about four and a half times the search volume of AEW. Uh, Impact Wrestling is the number two, or number three in the U.S. New Japan, this is in May, by the way, just for May. Uh, New Japan, number four in the U.S., Ring of Honor, number five, MLW, number six, NWA, AAA, All, J- All Japan. I think All Japan is, is really a beneficiary, just like Impact is, in fact, uh, a beneficiary of this enormous legacy where you're searching for things that are not necessarily current for, the, for this brand. Uh, you may be searching for the, uh, the, the June 3rd, 1994 classic between Toshiaki Kawada and Mitsuharu Masawa from the Nippon Budokan, you know, and that's got really nothing to do with the current All Japan product with uh, Kento Miyahara. But anyway, um, I'm also doing here, uh, well, by the way, let's talk, talk about Japan. Japan, the most searched for company is 
you have any guesses, Chris Gall? In Japan, the most searched for company? Yes. Are you looking at the, the report? Probably, no, I'm not looking at No spoilers thing. in front of you. Okay. No spoilers. It would probably be WWE, actually, isn't it? Wrong. It is New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I figured... I thought it was a trick question. <laughs> New Japan is... Th- these numbers are, do not represent absolute absolute uh, values, but New Japan is rated here at a, what a one sixty five. WWE is number three. This is just for the month of May, but I I expect the, the you know generally it, this is uh, the case. WWE is at a thirty three. Again, New Japan at a one sixty five. New Japan is number three. I'm sorry, WWE is number three. New Japan is number one. Who's number two? I'm guessing Stardom. Stardom is number two. Also a Bushi Road company. Who's number four in Japan? Number four. AEW? No. DDT? No. Dragon Gate. <laughs> Dragon Gate. Dragon, <laughs> I'm just going down the gauntlet. Dragon Gate is number four. Followed by Noah, All Japan Pro Wrestling. DDT. DDT does not as well as I thought they would uh, when, before I started studying all this stuff. Big Japan. Then AEW and Impact at nine and ten. There's that. Uh, Mexico. Most searched for wrestling company in Mexico. Triple A? No. CMLL. No, WWE. Okay, so my answer would have worked for that one. By a wide margin, too. WWE uh, having a value of 96. The number two is AAA. uh, 15. 15. 96 to 15. AAA. This is probably uh, why Nikon sees that as a market he wants to tap into. He's probably studying the Google trends. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, CMLL. He's He's a subscriber under a fake name. (laughs) <laughs> yes, uh, we do. We we do have some interesting people who are subscribers, though, who, whose, whose privacy shall be protected. But anyway, uh, CMLL at number three with a at an eight. So we got fifteen for AAA and eight for CMLL. Uh, yeah. But other than that, th- those are those are the rankings, right? But I'm also trying to to to, to track here. And if you're a math expert and you think this is not a good way to, to track this, let me know because I'm not a math expert. I, I'm just a, a philosophy major who's uh, been, been spending most of his life in Excel spreadsheets for the last five years. Uh, so I'm doing, doing basically what I said before. I'm multiplying slope by R squared. And I'm saying these are, these are the power, the, the strength. This is the strength of the trend. Is there ice in that glass, Chris Gullo? Didn't, didn't, I, didn't I tell you that there's no ice allowed? On WrestleNomics Radio. I was being very quiet with it. Man. I mean, uh, ice, uh, ice cold lemonade on a summer day over ice. That's true. All right. Uh, so the strength of the trend, and there's positive trends and negative trends. And we're only going to talk about positive trends and negative trends when it comes to companies, not when it comes to people, because I think with, with people it becomes more misleading because you're getting people who are coming off a peak. When you're talking about a company, though, I think it makes more sense because... It's more of a general representation of the name recognition, the mind share. Whereas, say, for example, The Undertaker. Undertaker has this huge spike in, in November, and it comes down after that. I don't think it's informative to say, oh, well, The Undertaker's uh, uh, trend is really negative now. Of course it is. Anyway, the strongest trend is uh, by far AEW. Over this, this is an eighth-month trend. Strongest eighth-month trend is AEW, uh, followed by stardom, which I think, I don't know, this just sort of affirms my intuition. So I don't know if I'm, if I'm guilty of confirmation bias here, but I do see those two companies as the two companies with the strongest upward trajectory 
in the wrestling space. These are worldwide trends, by the way. We're not, we're not breaking this down by region today. Uh, followed by that, we've got a, a slightly strong trend for uh, MLW uh, as well. And everybody else is just sort of uh, below that is, is zero or below. With New Japan has the weakest, the, the, the most negative trend. Um, NWE is very, very, very slightly negative over eight months. So I think, like I've argued before, I think, I think Google search, web search is meaningful, um, especially if you're looking at it over a broad period of time. Uh, obviously, Google web search, not all Google web search is created equal and, and is desirable. June 2007 is the peak for WWE because that's when the Chris Benoit murders happened, the Benoit family uh, deaths happen. <clears throat> so we will move on to wrestlers. And you've not, you have not looked at this, Chris Gullo? I have not. So I've got this, this uh, a true-false category with who's regular and who's not um, with WWE because there are so many people. I, I posted part of this on, on Twitter, the top 10, and this triggers everybody to, to say, because you know, it's, 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 it's loaded with um, Dwayne Johnson and Bad Bunny and Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin yeah. and Triple H and all these people who are not regular, regularly appearing on TV. So you get the quote tweets, which, which makes people advertise our product. So, yeah. Um, who's number one? In WWE for a web search uh, among regular people who actually appear on TV on a regular basis. Roman Reigns? Roman Reigns, by far. In May, a 63 to the next closest competitor, sports entertainer, Rey Mysterio at a 20. 63, Roman Reigns. Number two, Rey Mysterio at a 20. So that's, that's, that's what, a third? A third. This is a math show. A third. And some of the nostalgia probably helps Mysterio, too. That's true. Legacy IP. Great point. Great point. Impact Wrestling, All Japan for Wrestling, Rey Mysterio. Number three, somebody else with a lot of Legacy IP. I'm talking about only regulars here. People actually on TV. Edge? Randy Orton. Uh, I think I think I excluded Edge from the... uh, Oh, because he hasn't been on TV for full time. And full time. This is full time active. These are kind of arbitrary, true-false okay. things here. But yeah, Randy Orton at number three. Number four, Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks, Daniel Bryan, The Usos, Asuka, Charlotte Flair, Seth Rollins, the newly released Braun Strowman. Number 14, um, you also got ab- above him, Seth Rollins at 10, The Miz, Jeff Hardy, Bray Wyatt. Um, this, is, this is just a ranking for, for May, by the way. The Strongest Trends. The no longer under contract Daniel Bryan, which a lot of the search activity, I think, probably has to do with that fact that he is. People want to know, is is Daniel Bryan still with WWE? Is it probably a thing that people have been searching for lately? Number two, and I think this is uh, meaningful, this, or at least this is confirming some intuitions, Bobby Lashley. This is strength of trend, by the way. Um, Bobby Lashley, eight-month trend. Cesaro, number three. Asuka number four. Can you put any any narrative to that? Uh, for Asuka, no. I mean, uh, Cesaro and Lashley make sense. I mean, the only thing I think was Asuka did have the title for a while, mm. and she seems to be in the picture still. So when people are, like, looking up Rhea Ripley Asuka or Asuka Charlotte. Number five, Bianca Belair. Okay, and number, that makes sense. Number six, Strength of Trend. Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. I guess, yeah, Alexa, so I'm looking at uh, the women wrestlers. Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks, Asuka, Charlotte Flair. Yeah. 
I'll have to uh, maybe maybe do like a, a women only category to really fire up the uh, the, the the Twitter avatars later. Um, <laughs> AW. I don't spend too much time belaboring all this, but AW by far Big Show is is the leader. Uh, he he's at a one sixteen. The next closest is John Moxley at an eighty, uh, followed by Chris Jericho, Sting, Kenny Omega. Number six for May, the heavily featured Jake Roberts across various uh, television programs. This is May though. His his TV shows were that we just talked about though, Dark Side and the A and E stuff. The Hidden Treasures thing. That was in June. Yeah, but he, well, Hidden Treasures was May 30th, but he was heavily featured on the Ultimate Warrior Dark Side okay. of the Ring. And Hidden Treasures was May 30th. Yes. Yes. So so it was May. Okay. Um, Jake Roberts, Miro, Matt Hardy, Britt Baker at number nine. More on her later. Dustin Rhodes, Goldust, still, still up there. Above his brother by one slot, Cody Rhodes. I'm intrigued to see where Mark Henry's going to fit in. Yeah, because this is May, I did not put Mark Henry in the AEW category, but next month, he should be there. Strength of Trend, number one over this eight-month period, Britt Baker. Number two, Tainara Conti. Number three, Anthony Agogo. These all make sense as people who have risen to more prominent positions in AEW yeah. over this time. Uh, and number four, uh, the, the, the biggest rising star of all, Tony Khan, um, Christian Cage at number five, which makes sense because he's debuted with AEW over this time. Number six, Chris Statlander, which sort of makes sense. She's uh, returned, and uh, Darby Allen, and that's it. that's it. that's enough of uh, listing names. New Japan Pro Wrestling, number one this month. He is not always number one. The the thing like the number one slots here are pretty consistent. We've got Roman Reigns is always number one. Or if we look at it, include full timers, we got Dwayne Johnson by a bad bunny. Uh non full timers, I mean. Uh and the big show, maybe Jericho, number number one. But this one's a little bit more competitive when we're talking about New Japan. Uh number one this month, Hiroshi Tanahashi, as opposed to let's see. Is Tanahashi always number one? No, he, he, above him in April was Will Ospreay for worldwide search. Uh, Will Ospreay is number two this month for New Japan, followed by Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi actually was number one in April. It went Ibushi, Osprey, Tanahashi. Uh, followed by Okada this month. Yuji Nagata, anti-aging hero, up at number five. I think that's that's he's he's had a surge of of, of search yeah. in in April and May, probably related to his appearance on AEW. Uh, number one. Strongest trend over the eight-month period, Yuji Nagata, uh, followed by Will Ospreay, followed by Shinko Takagi, Yo, Satoshi Kojima, or as some people call him, Kojima. We can't, we can't, we can't be giving Japanese people given names here on Impact Wrestling. Come on, <laughs> that's asking too much of Americans. Uh, Tomoki Homna, Kota Ibushi, PJ Black, Tanichi El Fantasmo. Yeah, that's the Google Trends. Any any thoughts on that? Questions, comments. I, uh, I mean, the New Japan is interesting. How competitive it is, uh, and you like mentioned the top five, and I feel like somebody like Naito could sneak in there. Um, yeah. He's seven, seven. Run, so uh, Suzuki finished above him at six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to move on to a little bit of a follow up from uh, which was a Patreon exclusive. We talked about. 
could a WWE sale happen? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you've wondered and why that, we haven't talked about this yet, it's because we already talked yes. about it on Wednesday. By the way, update. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I haven't checked the news. Has WWE sold yet? They have not. Has WWE been acquired by, by Amazon? They have not. Okay. I, I, I hadn't heard if there was any update on that. Um, but yeah, so one of the things that you mentioned was the stock price. Yes. And if is it surging? It's really it's surging, right? It's surging. The volume is exploding through the roof. Blue Meanie told, Blue, like Blue Meanie told me that, that, that this has got to be a sale. A, a former W writer tweeted something. Joel Gertner thinks so too. <laughs> is, is NBC universal buying it yet? What about Disney? No, but, okay. But they could be sold. That was my point. They could they could be sold. Yes. Yes. Uh, but yeah. So yeah. Not a, not a big uptick. Eighty cents. But it just might just be a nature of the beast. The way the stock market's been all week. So. So the stock price has not moved. The volume did not exhibit any unusual behavior. Uh, the uh, the finance media website uh, Benzinga did uh, did quote. My tweet. So now uh, the 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 phrase or the sentence. Um, Even the stock market is no selling wrestling Twitter is now a published sentence in financial media. <laughs> By the way, uh, so I was looking into this more. You know, the the point is, people believe that all these employee layoffs and talent cuts are are as one person said, a textbook example of a company that is preparing to be sold. Uh, cleaning the shelves off, getting getting it ready for mergers and acquisitions. Uh, so I looked into this this idea that you know they're, they're cutting a lot of talent, which they have. Uh, some something like I don't know, it's probably upwards of twenty wrestlers. We we reviewed it in detail on the Patreon for subscribers. There had about a forty five minute talk talking about this, but they cut somewhere around you know, 20, 25, probably maybe more than that wrestlers, including NXT that. wrestlers over the last uh, couple months. So I was looking at you know what's the difference in the number of wrestlers uh, on the roster from January, the beginning of this year to June. I was really surprised at the, at the difference. What do you think the net difference is in the number of wrestlers uh, January to June? How many fewer wrestlers are, are, are on the roster? Honestly, probably not many, maybe like five because they have signed quite a few recruitment classes. Yeah. In that period. Yeah. It's three, three actually. Okay. There's three fewer wrestlers on the, on the roster now. Well, you know, we keep hearing about these rumored NXT UK cuts and performance center cuts that was supposed to be happening in the last six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I, th- I think this is just a company that's trying to be, become more profitable as, as, um, as companies tend, tend to do. Uh, yeah. All right. So let's, uh, go to looks to be our last story of today, but it should be an interesting one. We very rarely talk independent wrestling in detail on here, but we are going to right now as there is a big lawsuit going on between IWTV and game changer wrestling. Um, the times leader, which covers about Northeast Pennsylvania released an article where independent wrestling.tv, which is Pennsylvania based has sued game changer wrestling, New Jersey based IWTV accuses GCW of breaching their contract by holding pay-per-view events. IWTV claims to be out a half a million dollars. IWTV and GCW agreed to a contract on March 19, 2020, and the suit suggests that independentwrestling.tv would film, produce, and distribute the New Jersey company's professional wrestling bouts. 
The suit also says that IWTV and GC Wrestling agreed to terms that included IWTV having exclusive rights to hold pay-per-view events for Game Changer. The complaint claims that GCW informed IWTV on December 1st that GCW intended to breach the agreement by producing live pay-per-view events through an alternate play platform, presumably Fight. The suit also claims that GCW produced 36 pay-per-view events from December 5th and May 15th, which IWTV claims were a violation of the signed distribution agreement between the parties. The suit says that the damages cannot be calculated until Game Changer provides the full amount of revenue garnered by the pay-per-view events, but it is believed that the damages are in excess of $500,000. So, half a million dollars. This is going to tear independent wrestling Twitter apart. You think so? It already has. Has it? Huh. Yeah, fans, man. Really? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I should probably say that I've, I've done a little bit of work for IWTV. It's just sort of really short-term contract work for them. Uh, I think it's been over a year since I have. Obviously, I've, I've wrestled on some shows that have appeared on IWTV live. And, and of course, they've got a huge library that that... that you and I are both probably all over. Um, yep. Yeah. I've worked for Game Changer once. Have you? Oh, okay. Was that like yep. a WrestleMania weekend thing? Yeah, I did like a ref running spot. Right. Um, so my understanding is that so, so GCW was annoyed that they found out IWTV was not keeping the masters of GCW's events. Um, it's not clear to me if there was a, a, like a business opportunity that, G, that you know, was presented to GCW and they wanted the masters uh, so they could capitalize on that opportunity. But um, somewhere after that, they decided to start producing pay-per-views with another company, presumably Fight. Uh, IWTV said that's a breach of contract. GCW went forward and did it anyway. And uh, it's unclear what the contract says, of course. Uh, this is being fought in Pennsylvania, uh, which does not we, – we are not able to find any public filings on this yet. Maybe that's something that someone will get a hold of at some future time, though. Uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, so $500,000. Maybe there's, maybe that's a strategic thing, uh, to, to force their hand into something. But $500,000 or 36 events. If we, even if we forgot about a split, I don't know if a split should be considered in that with, with the pay per view provider, which would take a majority of it, just what we were discussing, uh, with, uh, in the case of AEW. But if you did 36 events, and you generated a half million dollars over 36 events and say you sold buys at $10 a piece, you'd have to average about 1,400 buys per event, which I don't think is happening. I would be very surprised if, if GCW for all of their events on average, surely some of them, but on average, 1,400 buys per event? I find that hard to believe. Yeah, I mean, some of them, like WrestleMania weekend – those shows, yes, but just like a regular show on a Saturday in New Jersey, every one of those doing that well. Now, now maybe I'm just thinking about this the wrong way. Maybe IWTV uh, thinks that the value that they would have been able to generate somehow through subscriptions, their subscription service, obviously, uh, the value that they would have been able to generate is 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 more than than the math that I'm doing here, where you'd have to average uh, fourteen hundred. So here is the issue with the 36 events is that a good chunk of them were on January 30th 
for the 24 hours fight forever fundraiser mm. that game changer wrestling did to raise okay. money and all that. Yeah. So, and that's a good chunk of them, maybe almost a, a quarter of the events or around there. Yes. So if they're using that, those shows were free on YouTube. They were not on fight. That was a YouTube 24 hour. So that, that would take a chunk into that 500,000. But I mean, if you have all the WrestleMania weekend events, which I think would have been the most financial, especially blood sport, um, and the spring break and the for the culture events. But I, I mean, 500,000 might be an overestimate, but I mean, IWTV is going to go for it. Don't blame them. Yeah. And, and it may just, you know, many lawsuits end up getting settled before they ever go to trial or whatever. But, um, you know, maybe it, it, we end up uh, seeing the the contract made public through disclosure and public filings, if we can even find anything public on this to begin with. Uh, and and uh, in, in a WrestleNomics curiosity uh, standpoint, maybe we'll get the, the – they're, they're basically asking them to disclose records of their sales, it, it seems like. So maybe we'll get some information about that, about how how well uh, those GCW events sold for them uh, on pay-per-view. So we'll see. It's uh, it's going to be really interesting because we haven't seen anything really like this in this type of dollar amount for independent companies. Well, with Evolve, remember, there's a lawsuit between Evolve and Flow Slam, and we have numbers there. I did an article for, for Fightful. I'm not finding it quickly. But I am finding a, a, an episode of WrestleNomics Radio uh, from 2017 entitled Flow Money, Flow Problems. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Evolve claimed to be do, doing a uh, – and they, these weren't like the most detailed records either. They were like an Excel spreadsheet that anybody could have just typed numbers into. Uh well, we were for independent promotions. It's not this elaborate QuickBooks or anything. They're just right. writing like – Sometimes you just have a guy go out there, hey, count how many people we have here. Yes. Independent wrestling, uh, at least in, in many cases, not great record keeping happening. <laughs> so this will probably be settled by the court. I don't know. I mean, I think it's the best thing for independent wrestling to have GCW be, you know, be cooperating with IWTV. It's unfortunate that this happened. Because they are traveling and they are right now the most popular independent promotion. Mm-hmm. You know, probably the most popular promotion doesn't have television for sure. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, they're running Wyoming. <laughs> like, they're going all over. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So, any other uh, thoughts on this? No. Any, any other uh, thoughts or questions about anything we've discussed today? No, not off the uh, top of my head. Any any thoughts about uh, who will acquire WWE? Any any insight or inside news on on the bidding that may or may not be happening? Uh, is Disney, NBCU. Uh, I know the USFL is back. Um, <laughs> Which that USFL thing made me think is. I don't know if the NFL ever bought the intellectual property or just whatever the league dissolves. They have it. But I always wonder, will this start a trend of people trying to 
use old territory company names and stuff like that. Like, hey, it's back. The USFL's back? Well, so is Continental Wrestling. Or, or maybe Dale Dagner shows up again and goes, the AWA is back. Well, there was that, that weird Twitter account that was uh, doing, like, WCW will return or whatever, right? And then they became ECW. Yeah. Um, What, I mean... WB, I think, owns the trademarks for a lot of these. Like, you could look it up in the U.S. Patent and Trade Office site, probably, or uh, that other Justia website or something. Um, I would imagine AWA and World Class have not lapsed. Probably are still pending. Yeah. But sometimes you think these things do lapse, and you're seeing a little bit of uh, uh, competition over that with some of the old WCW pay-per-view names uh, in terms of Bash of the Beach and things like that between, I think, Cody's trying to, to trademark those. I don't know if AEW is. Yeah. But... Yeah, what, what what other brands would there be? Um, could you... The USWA. God, uh, who cares about the USWA, though? Um, somebody in Memphis does. The, well, the thing about Memphis is Memphis never had a really strong brand. I think the, 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 yeah. the, the brand, the, the word that people use when they talk about Memphis is Memphis. Um, they went through a number of different CWA and USWA and things like that. Would the Florida Championship Wrestling trademark, there would be a price they'll have that. I, I don't know. See, the thing is... I, I, what about all these regional names like Mid South, Mid Atlantic? Yeah, I mean, and you see people do that with a variation in their company, right? They call themselves like NW, NWA Mid Atlantic or their Mid South Pro. Yeah, in discussions I've had with people who seem to know more about this, I always end up being surprised that that the trademarks would would work out that way. So I, I, I'm not super confident in, in speculating about this, but I would think it would be harder to to trademark and to protect names that are just the names of regions you know like mid-atlantic mid-south maybe maybe continental things like that um portland wrestling yeah yeah i i'm always sort of told the just ask yourself the question could this cause confusion in the marketplace uh you know gcw for example the the fake gcw in, in florida or whatever it was yeah uh but yeah, I uh, want to do final plugs. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Well, for me, uh, you can check out Chris Gello at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, uh, and Rediscovering the Indies. Uh, we have a monthly podcast every month. If you haven't heard, um, we're doing our XPW Deep Dive. June will be the last part, mm-hmm. which mostly delves into the court case of Rob Black. Oh. And... Uh, other than that, uh, we every day we post a this day in independent wrestling history. So, uh, very cool. Uh, if you're a wrestling historian, this is the day today as we're recording, Brandon, in 2009, that Nick Gage almost died against Thumbtack Jack. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. Those are the things you find on RTI Pod on Twitter and Rediscovering Indies on Instagram and Facebook. You know, just hit me 20 years ago today is the, is the June 6, 2001. His Budokan show uh, with New Japan, which included this is like the, the heyday of my tape trading days of like uh, a 40, 38 minute chain wrestling match between Keiji Muto and uh, Hir- uh, Hiroshi Hase. Uh, this is where Takazi, T- Takashi Izuka gets knocked out legit by uh, Mitsuya Nagai because he like he, he drops in the corner. And and the guy's just like throwing kicks to the chest. He drops and boom, gets just gets knocked oh. knocked out and is and is out for like months, a really long time. Um, this is the the Yuji Nagata and Kazuki Fujita match that is voted best bout. Solid three and a half star match there, best bout. 
these are, this is what we had to deal with in, in, in 2001 in New Japan. Uh, but anyway. You heard it first. Brandon Thurston's going to start this day in New Japan wrestling, pro wrestling history. This day in, 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 in Enochiaism. Uh, yes. uh, do you have any wrestling bookings coming up? Uh, yeah. Um, mostly in July, but in June 19th. I'll be participating in a live demonstration seminar in Binghamton, New York. Are you sure you want to advertise FDX. that and plug that? It's a live demonstration seminar. You can buy a membership to be part of Club X. Hopefully Glenn, uh, in Glenn, July. From, the, hopefully Glenn from the commission is not listening. Uh, Glenn's not around anymore. <laughs> um, July 3rd, same thing. And then on the 10th in July, I'm in NFW, New Jersey. July 24th, I'm doing MMA in Lockport, New York for Ground Force Fights. Uh, yeah, so that's is that, what we is have Is that the right Keen Center? Yeah, Keen Center. Wow, okay. Yeah. Did you know, this past week, I went to the wrestling school, Grapplers Anonymous, for the first time in 14 months. Talk about getting that ring rust off. I didn't go in the ring, though. I have to earn it back. I have uh, So I'm doing mega cardio. Uh, I was extremely sore for like three days but I'm better now and we'll be getting back to more cardio this coming week uh, I'm, I have an Excel when will you spreadsheet. be accepting bookings uh, more on that later more on that to come <laughs> uh, I, I have an Excel spreadsheet where I'm going to record my resting beats per minute heart rate and hopefully that will, that will be an indicator of the power of my cardio uh, it is currently I think 75 or something like that uh, but yeah I have the did some cardio. Well, relatively speaking, for 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 my my pandemic days, a ton of cardio uh, this past week, and we'll be doing more. I think that's really the thing that I was I don't know most unhappy with about my wrestling performances, in that it it costs so much cardio to do wrestling, both from being able to just sustain a match that that's intense, but also to to I don't know perform the intensity. That costs a lot of cardio too, and uh, I think as far as something that c- that can be uh, addressed, that's that's something that I think uh, I would like to be much better at. So I'm going to do a lot of cardio before I'm even going to allow myself back in the ring. So it's going to be a well, while before I go back. Looking back forward to it, though. Yeah. All right. Uh, you can follow me. On Twitter at Brandon Thurston, go follow WrestleMonics on Twitter at WrestleMonics. I'm Brandon Thurston. I'm Chris Go, and we'll talk to you next time.